Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. We're glad you've tuned in. Uh, I'm excited about what we're going to be sharing this morning out of the Word of God. We're in the book of Ephesians and have been uh, since last October. We're in chapter 6 at this point. And uh, I'm just excited about what we've learned and what we've uh, been able to allow the Lord to apply to our lives through this teaching. And, and I'm looking forward really to this next part. It's really uh, one of my favorite parts, if not my favorite part of Ephesians, is this last part of Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, it talks about the soldier's armor and, and all that. I really love learning more about this, teaching this. So grab your Bibles, paper and pencil, get ready to follow along with us. And while you're getting your Bibles and getting to Ephesians chapter 6, I always want to share with you this little booklet that we've written, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. It's uh, uh, based on Psalms 33 and 4. Uh, I promise you, if you'll get your copy, it'll bring much clarity to the Word of God, some things you've not just been able to put your finger on, some things you've not understood. The Lord will open your understanding to the Scriptures. Just $15, just uh, send your check or money order to the address on the uh, board, or you can hit the uh, PayPal, the donate button on our you on our uh, website and don't forget that we do if you're not watching uh, this on YouTube we upload all our messages to uh, my YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316 all the messages Wednesday night Sunday morning these uh, cross time with Pastor Curtis teachings all get uploaded to YouTube so avail yourself to that share those messages with the world and all your friends co-workers and families and if you live anywhere in this area I'd say this area close enough, I'd say at least 30, 40 miles, maybe 50, you might want to join us on Friday mornings here in the studio. Just bring your Bible, your cup of coffee, and we just go through the Word and, and learning what God has said because that's most important to know what the Lord has said. A couple things, uh, one of them already gave you the YouTube channel. The other thing is uh, one of our precious brothers in the Lord passed away yesterday morning. About 5 o'clock, he used to play guitar for us here. Joe Dale Paisno uh, passed away yesterday morning, so be in prayer for his wife Shirley and all of uh, his family uh, that he left behind as he went on to be with the Lord. Uh, so uh, we're excited about what the Lord is doing, and, and uh, also don't forget to pray for those uh, that we continually pray for who are sick and lame in their bodies and who have uh, many things uh, uh, attacking them. And we're just believing God for His miracles today and the power of God to show up. Amen? Amen. Well, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 9. I've just got a couple more things to say about verse 9 before we move on. But before we do, let's ask the Lord to open our understanding of the Scriptures today. Let's ask the Lord to give us something that we need today. Amen? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here again with your word God laid open before us. We cry out to you today for the wisdom and the strength, the knowledge, the understanding, the comfort, the encouragement, Lord, the instruction, the wisdom that comes from your word, Lord. We need, Lord, you today by your spirit to give us something, Lord, that bread of life that you've promised that we could have daily, that daily bread, Lord, and I thank you for the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ. Christ for us, that we might place our faith in Him, 
and be able to hear you and learn your word and follow you and experience the very benefits in which you died to give us. And we just thank you for what you're about to say and what you're about to do in our lives on this very morning. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it, last week we left off with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. And uh, we talked a little bit about how servants should act toward their masters and masters should treat their servants according to... Uh, to the truth of they have a master as well, and he's our heavenly father. So, But I wanted to say something about that last portion of that ninth verse where it says, neither is there respect of persons with him. Let's read the whole thing. And you masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. And uh, I just wanted to say this morning before we move on, never forget that our God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't respect, uh, he doesn't look to see how much money we have or don't have, the color of our skin, whether we're male or female. God doesn't look at anything but our heart. That's all he looks at is our heart, is our heart trusting in Christ. Now many times our lips say the right things, but God doesn't look at our lips and he really doesn't pay attention to our words, and I know people have a problem with that, but God really looks at the words coming from the heart. Because Jesus said, you draw near me with your lips. What you're saying is right, but your hearts are far from me. So there is two different things that can be happening there at times and has happened at times for all humanity. Even the child of God can be saying one thing and his heart saying something different because we live according to what the heart says, not what our lips say. A lot of times we confess something with our lips, but our lives don't bear it out. And so it's what our heart says that's the direction we live. So uh, we need to understand God is not a respecter of persons. He's not looking at anything outwardly, whether you've got uh, uh, the nicest clothes from whatever the nicest store might be, or, or you're still buying your clothes from whatever the, the, the least likely place. I don't know. But God is not looking at any of that. He's looking at the heart. And the only thing he honors is faith. Whether it's faith with somebody that doesn't have anything but a pair of shorts and tennis shoes or somebody wearing a $1,500 suit makes no difference to God as long as he finds faith, he will honor that and he will move and bless and, and do what he desires to do because he's not a respecter of persons. The reason he's not is because it is a sin to be a respecter of persons. To exalt this group of people and to put this people down is a sin. Jesus taught that, uh, against that rather than that we don't need to be respecter of persons. And you know our nation and every nation really is just big into being respecter of persons. Two guys, two women, whoever can get the same DWI and because one has money and the other one doesn't, the one that doesn't goes and pays the price literally and the other one just gets off scot-free because they've got money to pay somebody you know it's kind of like the what's going on in our nation now with our our, our diplomats and our whatever politicians and the law for them apparently is not the law for you and me and but and that is simply because of the sin of being a respecter of persons 
We respect them because they have money, and we don't respect them because they don't have anything to offer us. But Jesus didn't come and hang out with those who had. He came for those who had not. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful that he came for me, one of the had-nots, and uh, one of the blind and desperate and hungry and pitiful, and he saved me, praise God, because he, he didn't come and show up to be dressed in purple and to hang out with those who thought they had everything. He came for the poor. He came for the sick. He came for the lost. And in all reality, that's all humanity. But we just need to recognize ourselves of being that way. So I wanted to say that before we, we move on into verse 10, that God is not a respecter of persons. Somebody told me years ago, if you won't forget that you're better than no one, and no one is better than you, Amen. then you'll do good in life. You know, it's, and I was, I was one of those people that for years, years and years, I, I, I never did know it, but I, I was a prideful person, and, and, and I was a respecter of persons type of person, and I'd get around people who I really thought was something, and I'd just be all nervous and head down and couldn't even hardly talk to them, and there's a problem with that, because that shows there's something, and it's not honor, it's not you want, well, I just honor, no, it's not honor. If you can't act, and you're all giddy, and if you can't really look at somebody when they're talking to you, that's, that's, your problem, and there's a, there's a bit of respecter of persons working in that. And somebody said, "Amen." If you don't have any any problem talking to somebody who's got less than you, looking them in the eye and talking to them just normally, but then some guy gets out of a, a some kind of Rolls Royce and some five thousand dollar suit, and you can't look at him and talk to him. The problem is not what he's got and what he doesn't have. The problem is you, my friend. And I speak from experience. I was one of those. But once I begin to learn the truth and walk in the truth, I begin to see nobody's better. Better than me, and I'm better than no one. Because we, if we're walking in the faith, we can begin to see uh, the way that the Lord sees that we're all sinners and need a Savior. Hallelujah! No matter what they've got and they don't have, we're all going to be stripped naked. We came naked, we're leaving naked, and we're all going to stand before God with nothing except what we've done with Him. And, and those who live in that faith can look at the, the billionaire in the face and talk to him at the exact same way they can look at somebody on the street who has nothing because we're not respecting what they have. We're just respecting them. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. So that needed to be said. There's people that struggle with that. And if they would just get in the faith, walk in the truth, and, 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 and that's the only place you can walk and, and see. We only see through the blood the reality of situations. And uh, when you're attacked and people do ugly do, to you, the only way you can make it through that is if you're looking through the blood. That means faith in the cross. The Holy Spirit lets you see the reality of the situation, that they're being ugly because they don't know how to maintain their faith in the cross or maybe they don't even know they have to put their faith in the cross for victory but the same thing works for being or not being a respecter of persons if you keep your faith in the cross the Holy Spirit will show you that nobody's better than anybody and if he's not showing you you're not going to get it you can have that thought. You can hear what I'm saying today. And you can think, all right, I'm going to start practicing that. I'm, I'm just going to start looking people right now. It won't work for you unless you put your faith in the cross. The Holy Spirit's the one who allows us and enables us to see everybody without respecting them in different capacities. 
Amen. Don't think the church doesn't have a problem with it. Uh, the church takes people out to eat who they know who are going to be able to return the favor and take them out to eat one day, and that's not what the Bible teaches. Right, right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Gets quiet. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the Bible says, finally, it's like he's written this letter, and, he, and he's about, he knows he's about to end the letter. So, you know, when, when you're about to leave company with someone, or you're about to finish writing a letter that, 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 that is, you're about to finish it, then what you say at the very end is of utmost importance, just like the words of Christ when he knows he's about to give his spirit up on the cross. The last words, the words he spoke on the cross were of utmost importance, and let me say it this way, they were spirit in life. Even as he hang on the cross, Jesus said, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit in their life. That was whether he was walking and doing miracles or still speaking from the cross. He was about to die upon. The, the words he spoke when he was about to leave, every word he spoke was of utmost importance. And even what was written in this book was written by men, but under the, the inspiration of God through man. So when... Paul gets, at the end of this letter, he says, Finally, my brethren, and I believe with all my heart, not that he hadn't touched on it all through this letter, but here he's about to focus in on, if you don't get this last part of the letter, you can throw away the first part of it. If you don't get what's written in chapter 6 and understand what it means, then you won't be able to apply the first five chapters to your life. It won't happen. You won't be able to love your wife as Christ loved the church, and you won't be able to submit to your own husband as you should according to the Word of God, and you won't be able to train your children up in the way they should go. You won't be able to obey your parents in the Lord, honoring your parents in the Lord, unless you learn what chapter 6, the end of chapter 6 is about what it means if you get this wrong, the other parts, not just of this letter, but the whole Bible, it won't work for you. So you better get your pencil, your paper, you better get ready to learn because I'm not here to teach you what I think. I'm here to apply the scriptures to other scriptures so that we can see what God has said about this. That's a problem in the church today. We've got too many people, too many preachers uh, putting scripture on the table, then stepping back, pushing the scriptures out of the way, and then just teaching and preaching what they think. That's not biblical, and that's not God. God gives us a scripture, whatever he puts in the man of woman, whichever the man or the woman of God's heart to deliver to the people, all he's going to do is compile that with other scriptures. It's called rightly dividing the scriptures. Amen. God, it's called bearing witness uh, from other witnesses of the Lord because if God said something once, he's proved it again in another place. Hallelujah. And, and another place, not just one, and another place. And uh, because there is no contradiction in the Word of God. Whatever God has said, he's already done something, he's already said something, or he's going to do something to bear witness with that. And when the Bible says, uh, let there be two or three witnesses, uh, that means in the Word. The witness of the Word. Hallelujah. You can't just take a Bible verse and run with it and start your own denomination because of one Bible verse. No, you've got to bring all the counsel of God. That don't mean men. That means what the Holy Spirit has said through these men. Hallelujah. Not your man, these men. If your man, your preacher man, is not in agreement with what this book says, God didn't give you that preacher. Hallelujah. And God is telling you to get up and leave him. 
So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, finally, mm. <laughs> finally, I believe uh, Paul might have been, I, I, I've been waiting for this, finally, I'm going to get to share with you, and he calls them his brothers, again, this is confirming that this is not to the world, the world can't understand the Bible. The Bible tells us that, that the carnal man, the fleshly man, the lost man, or even the Christian who's not walking after the Spirit but after the flesh, means their faith is not in the cross. They can't understand the Word of God. I, again, I speak from experience. I did not understand anything in the Bible except what it meant to be saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit until the Lord was able to bring me back to the cross. And then He began to reveal the Word of God in truth to me, the truth that brings liberty, the truth that gives me wisdom, that opens up more of the scriptures to me, that only happens, my friend, <coughs> when our faith is in the cross. And if that's not where we are, then we are, as Paul told Timothy, we are ever learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Even though we've been born again, we're to be growing in the knowledge of the truth. And unless our faith remains in the cross, we're just ever learning. And we're excited when we leave church. Man, we go and we share at work what our preacher shared with us or, 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 or whoever. And, and we're all excited. And it's always something new every week that we hope nobody's heard. So they'll think we really got it going on. But if it's not pointing to the cross, it's not God doing the teaching. And if God's not doing the teaching, that means God's not imparting anything. He only imparts what he teaches. Jesus said he would only teach truth. Truth is a man named Jesus. And what he did at Calvary is what brings the scriptures into our lives able to be applied by the Holy Spirit. That was kindergarten. But you need to understand, I don't care if you like me or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but you got to get in the word in truth. Praise God. So he says, finally, my brothers. That means... The family of God. So sisters include yourself. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now see, this one verse, if the Lord through uh, Paul here is telling me to be strong, I know I can be strong. But I got to find out how. I can't be strong because I read the scripture. Because the strength of the Lord is found in a place. And I must find that place and walk in that place or I won't have the strength of the Lord. Watch this. Finally, my brothers, be strong. Where? In the Lord. And now, and let me say something about that. And, and this, is, this is pretty awesome to me. In the Lord, as we taught here just a couple weeks back, the difference between being in Christ and Christ in us. Us being in Christ speaks of a place in heaven. He is there at the right hand of the Father. And us being in Christ speaks of Him representing us. Amen. We're perfect in Christ. At the right hand of the Father, the book of Colossians teaches that we're to seek those things above. What? What? Christ, at the right hand of the Father, is our everything. 
He is my everything, and in him I am perfect, I'm complete, I'm without sin, I am holy and righteous and and justified, I am everything. But you'd say, preacher, aren't you that here? I am called to walk in that here. And as Christ is in me, I'm here on the earth, I'm in him, he's there, and it's not that he's not here too, because he is in me, because I'm here. And he's in me. But the difference is, me being in him there, him representing me as being complete and done. But here I'm walking in what he's offered me, which is everything that he is. But I am not perfect here. I'm learning to walk in him, in his perfection, in his righteousness, in his holiness, in his everything. See, so when I'm living for God because my faith is in the cross and I'm not, if it's not, then it's the fruit not of Curtis, but the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. So in him, being strong in him means I'm drawing from Christ. And that only can happen if my faith is in the cross. And, and I know I have to explain this as we go because a lot of Christians don't know the truth uh, of living this sanctification. They only know, Christians know the truth of being saved by the grace of God, which is when they put their faith in what Jesus did for their sins, they stepped into the grace of God. The Holy Spirit placed them under the grace of God. He removed us from under the law, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, and He put us under grace which is the work of Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. Amen. Amen. And as long as we keep our faith in what Christ did at Calvary alone, he continues to affect me and profit me. In, in, In biblical terms, we continue to receive the grace of God, which is we continue to walk in the place where God is still working in us and through us, and we're benefiting and being affected by Christ and what he accomplished for us at Calvary. If we don't keep our faith in the cross alone, then Paul told the church in Galatia, and this is why a lot of people, even in the name of Christianity today, are ripping the pages right out of the Bible saying we don't believe that. Paul didn't really have the full revelation. That's blasphemy, my friends. That's an abomination. And so, but and it's because Paul taught things like this. Let me say it a better way. The Holy Spirit, through Paul the apostle, taught that if we move our faith from the cross, if we run after circumcision, if we run after the words we speak now or the power of God, Or anything we do that's the power of God, even water baptism, that's something we do, then we remove our faith from the cross to those things and the grace of God has ceased. It is available, but it has ceased. The Holy Spirit through Paul taught that in Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. And if it's the Lord's will, our next study is going to be on the book of Galatians. And I'm, I, if that's the Lord's will, I'm, I'm getting more excited about that every day. And, uh, and we need to know what the book of Galatians, the letter to the Galatian churches was about because we've fallen in the same sinking boat as a church in these last days, even worse so than the churches in Galatia. So that's not just a letter to them some 2,000 almost years ago, but it's a letter to anybody in that condition. Amen. So we need to stay tuned for that. So when he says be strong in the Lord, that's talking about our faith that got us in the Lord. 
in the Lord. Our entrance place into the Lord was our faith in the cross, and we were baptized into his death. Romans 6, 3 tells us that's how we entered Christ. Romans 6, 17 explains it well. When we obeyed that form of doctrine that was delivered us, the message of the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we we were free from sin. We were then made free from sin and became servants of righteousness. Amen. And what happened was in the twinkling of an eye at your surrender from the heart, not your just lips and, and head, but from the heart you believed unto righteousness. From the heart you believed that Christ died for your sins. You were a sinner. You needed a Savior. And he came and provided himself a lamb for you. Hallelujah. And was crucified on your behalf a price you couldn't pay, a debt you couldn't pay, something you couldn't work for. He paid the price. And when you believed in that, the Holy Spirit, it was called, the biblical terms is the operation of God. He baptized you, immersed you into the body of Christ by baptizing you, immersing you into the death of Jesus because you had to be identified with him on the cross before you could be identified with him in burial and and in resurrection. So before you could be the you can't be identified with Christ unless your faith is in the cross. That got you into him. Now you have a new representative. It's no longer Adam, it's Christ. And that's what it means to be in Christ. That's how you got in Christ. And the Bible teaches us that unless we continue to walk with our faith in the same thing that got us in, Christ can't affect us, he can't profit us. Amen, Brother Curtis. I'm just sharing with you what the Bible says. And it's so easily to, it's so, we're so easily removed from what we begin in to get stuck in something else that's just so subtly grabbed a hold of us because most of the time we begin to be a respecter of persons instead of a respecter of God above all. So when the Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. That's talking about a place. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah, the prophet Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the Bible in the New Testament tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. So as long as my faith is in the cross, I don't have to beg my heavenly father for something that's already mine. Strength. But I do have to keep walking in the faith that gives me the strength because it does not just automatically come no matter how I live. The Bible teaches that. The Old Testament shows that. When they stopped believing in the sacrifice, then God would allow the enemy to come in, take them captive, and kill thousands and thousands of his people. Amen. And you might be thinking, well, that was just those that weren't really believers. And listen, the Bible teaches in Ezekiel that the same day they went to offer their children to false gods, they also came home and went into the sanctuary. So that is going on today in the church as well. God didn't honor it then, and he told Paul to write about it now in the New Testament that many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. That means they're not just determined to keep their faith in the cross and nothing else. 
Books have good, pretty covers on them. They have catchy titles, but what they'll do these days is they'll point you away from the cross to things you need to be doing to find victory in your life, and they're just a big bag of lies. The cross is the answer. The cross of Christ is what allowed the Holy Spirit through your faith to give you that grace. That means to put you in what God was working in. Christ. Hallelujah. So when we see that little two-letter word, in Christ, it always points to Calvary because there's where we were placed in Him, and it's the only way we can walk in Him is by that faith, no other faith. Never forget this. The faith that saves is the only faith that works. If you move your faith from the cross, your faith is no longer real. It no longer works. Even if you think it is, there will come a great devastation. Jesus taught, if that light that's in you really be darkness, how great is that darkness? So he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I wrote a little something extra here that says, in the Lord is his representation of us at the cross, but it's also to experience that it's our faith in what he did to represent us at the cross, but it's also that true faith is our representation of him here. True faith will bring about your representation of Christ. A faith that's not showing the fruit of the Spirit is not true faith. Hmm. Hmm. Is there anybody here? If your faith is not your representation of Christ, it is not faith at all. And no, we're not perfect. But people begin to know you now as Christ. Now, they may, they may not call you Christ. They may call you some church freak, Jesus freak, religious, holy, wrote. They got The world's got their own names for who we are, but, but the Bible says we are disciples of Christ. We are Christians. We're followers of Christ. Amen. Because He loved us and gave Himself for us. That's the faith that works in our lives. So, He says here, be strong in the Lord... And in the power of his might. That word power, there's two words for that word power. One of them's great, one of them's dominion. You put them together and it's great dominion. God's dominion, you know when God created Adam and put him in the garden and gave him everything. He said, look at it all, you're free to eat of all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat off that one. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he says, you've also got dominion over every creeping thing, everything flying. The heavens is mine, but the earth I've gave to man. That's in the book of Psalms. The, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he gave it to man. Amen. That, that tells us why when we became sinners, it man, it rocked the earth off its axis. There's been problems ever since, and it's getting worse. If you don't believe it, turn the TV on. Amen. That's right. Amen. But as long as Adam walked and allowed God's dominion to remain over him, God's power, God's authority, God's everything to reign over him, then he had what God gave him. He had dominion over what God gave him. 
But the moment he allowed another voice to come in, lie to them, him and his wife, and deceive her and just flat out make him disobedient to God, then he moved himself from under the dominion of God, placing himself under the dominion and the authority and the power and the might of another authority, he lost his dominion. Amen. It's the same way with Christians today. If we walk in the faith that saved us, then we will experience the power and the might of Almighty God. I didn't say you'd get everything you want. Faith don't bring everything you want. Faith brings everything God says you need. Not everything we say we need. Faith brings victory. Amen. Faith, the Bible says, when faith comes, faith overcomes. Amen. But what does faith overcome? The world, the devil, the flesh. Anything that's hindering your walk with God. Amen. So, when he says be strong, that lets me know I can be strong. But it's in the Lord, so I've got to learn what that means. He didn't say in the church. It didn't say going and doing some good deeds. I heard a preacher on Main Street about six years ago uh, who claims to be preaching the message of the cross or did at that time. I don't know about today. I don't really believe he is or he'd surely want to have something to do with me. Surely. Right here in the same town. But I heard him say one Sunday morning on the way to church how the reason you have issues and problems in your life is because you're not out there taking care of the poor. See, that's not biblical. What is biblical is that we are to take care of the poor because they'll be with us, Jesus said, from now on. But our victory and our deliverance does not come from me going and feeding the hungry or clothing the, the, the naked. My victory comes through faith in the cross. Hallelujah. And I know they try to shenagle and wiggle out of that in some religious way, but they're really not preaching the cross. Amen. If they were, they don't make statements like that. That our deliverance is found in something we do and that we're suffering because we're not doing something we ought to be doing. And maybe it is obvious we're not doing stuff we ought to be doing. But the reason we're not doing what we ought to be doing is because our faith is really not where we claim it is. Let me make a bold and very elementary statement. If your faith is in the cross, the Holy Spirit is leading you. And that don't mean to move to this house, to that house. It means... To bear out the fruit that he is producing in you. Amen. And you will tend to the needs of others. You will love those that hate you. There will be the fruit of Jesus Christ manifest in your life. Amen. But you don't go and do those things to get something from God. You do those things because you've already got everything from God. Hallelujah. So be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might. In the power of His might. And I shared with you the word power means great, and it means dominion. And uh, let me just read John chapter 1, verse 12. I love this, because this is something that every Christian, you don't have to work for it. You do not have to work for the power of God. It's already been given to you. Uh, John, just John, not 1 John. John chapter 1, verse 12. The Bible says, But as many as received him, 
Who's received him? Those who have believed in his name, those who placed faith in what he did at the cross alone for salvation. There's no way to receive him except through what he did at Calvary. No way to receive him. To them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We were born of God. That means born again by the Spirit through faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. As many as have received Christ as Lord and Savior, He gave you power. That means, you look the word up, it means legal right. He's given you the legal right to be called children of God, the legal right to have the strength of God, to, to enjoy His strength and the power of His might. And the word might means forceful ability, power and strength. Forceful. This means when we place our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, the Lord forces his powerful force goes before us, opens doors, knocks the devil's hands off of us in places he's gripped us and held us, the force of the Holy Spirit. Now let me make this clear. The Holy Spirit won't make you live for God. But he will make things let go of you when you do. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is a powerful force. But it's more than a force. It is God himself showing up to knock the devil's hands off of you, to deliver you from those places. He's held you captive, you being too timid to, to say things that need to be said, you being too fearful to walk in the, the giftings God's called you to walk in. The, the, the Holy Spirit begins to give you strength and wisdom and power to walk as a child of God. Amen. Amen. If you've received him, the power's there. It's available. If we're not walking in it, it's not God's waiting on a, on a good day to give it to us till we get right, till we get something. No, it's there. As long as we keep and maintain our faith in the finished work of Christ alone, the Holy Spirit's power is there. It's more than available. He is at work in my life. He is performing that which He began in me and will continue to perform it until I see Jesus in the clouds. That's what the Bible teaches in the book of Philippians. That it's only what he began in me that he will perform in me. Amen. Mm. Amen. That's powerful in and of itself. Amen. So not only can I be strong, but I have to be strong only in the Lord. And not only can I have the power of his might, but I got to understand the power of his might is not the power of my might. He's not making me strong to exhibit me. He's making me strong with his perfect strength in my weakness. We're being made conformable to the death of Christ. Lord's not trying to get us to a place, his church, where it looks like we're taking over and now we're just running everything. And That's not what the, the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches we're being made conformable unto his death. That means you and I are becoming more and more humble the, the farther our life goes on right here and now. You ever heard the, 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 the story about the, 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 the wheat? 
the wheat grows right alongside the tares and, and, and they grow together and they're standing straight up. But the more wheat that's on the stalk, the more it begins to bow down bow over with the fruit. And the more fruit you and I are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to produce in us through our good fight of faith, to keep our faith in the cross alone and not to let anything move in, the more fruit He can produce. The Bible, Jesus taught that in John 15, fruit, more fruit, much, uh, uh, much fruit, and fruit that remains. And, and, and the more, listen, it's the more we learn to be humble and trust Him. And that means the more the world's going to look at you and say, you guys really aren't anything. You're just weak. You're nothing. That's what they said about Jesus. But he was the brightness of God's glory. The express image of the power of God, the power of his might went to the cross because it's seen in our weakness. The Bible says Jesus died in weakness. Mm. What's that mean? That means he was totally trusting in his heavenly father. Committed his soul unto his father. I'm in your hands. That's what that means. And that's before we can experience the, the strength of God being found in Christ alone or the power of his might being found in Christ alone, we've got to realize he's not trying to make me look good for me. He's trying to get the world to see him through me. Paul cries out, Lord, remove this thorn from my flesh. It's got to go in the name of Jesus. It's got to go. Lord, remove this thorn. It's got to go. It's hindering the work of the Lord. <laughs> Can't you just hear us trying to get all holy? This thorn's got to go. God, I've asked you, this is my third time. And God told Paul, my grace is sufficient. What's that mean? Well, he tells him, my strength is made perfect. My strength, be strong in who I am. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. In your inability, I have all the ability you'll ever need. In your weakness, I've got more than enough strength. In your can't do anything, I can do everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it's only found in the grace of God, which is God at work doing what we cannot do. No, I can't do some things that it looks obvious I need to do. But if I'll let him, he can. Yes, he's going to do it through me. But it's going to be him doing the doing. Amen. He said he would perform that in me until the day of Christ. But it's what he performed in me at the beginning that he is performing and nothing else. He's not performing anything else. The Lord performs the truth. But the only truth he performs is the truth he finds someone believing. Amen. Man, this is just good this morning. Be strong. Finally be strong, my brothers, in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I like this because it talks about his forceful ability, His power, and His strength. We think, and we're deceived, and I know we have hearts for God. We want to live for God. Peter did too. Lord, I'll be with you. Even I'll die with you. I don't care. I'm going all the way. But Peter had to learn that words didn't mean anything. It had to be the heart that believed it or he couldn't make it. 
We can say anything, but the doing of those things is a different story. Mm. And the Lord will force His way not into your life. You have to allow Him into your life. God has never saved anybody who didn't exhibit faith in the sacrifice first. Not one person's ever lived and was born again, saved, not in the Old Testament, not in the New, who did not place faith in that sacrifice. There is absolutely, concretely, for sure, biblically, no forgiveness of sins, no remission of sins at all without the shedding of blood. And without our sins be forgiven, we are not gods. And we have not the power or the strength of God. And our strength is all we have. And it's very, very easily defeated by the enemy. Praise God. So, he uses verse 10 to tell us that we can be strong in the Lord and that we can have the power of His might. But it's going to take us allowing Him to show us where that's located. And I've shared enough scripture according to what Paul wrote in Galatians earlier on in the broadcast. If you just now tuned in, you need to rewind, go back and watch the whole thing. There are scriptures, scriptures. Forget what your preacher or your denomination say. Scriptures that plainly reveal, unless our faith is in the cross alone, we're on our own. We're on our own. Paul taught that by the power of the Holy Spirit to the churches in Galatia. If you leave the cross, you're on your own. It's not that he's, the Lord's not available. It's not that He's not beckoning you come back. It's not that He no longer loves you because He does. It's not that His mercy and grace is not there available to you. It's just that we're not walking in the place where we can receive it. We have to receive by faith. God does not force the blessings of, of what He has for on us. He don't force it on us. What, the, what He forces is the enemy to remove His hands. He forces the enemy to let go. He forced alcohol out of my life. I didn't just decide to quit. I couldn't on my own. He forced that away from me by the power of His might. He forced those cigarettes out of my life. He forced that, those things that were contrary to His will out of my life. And you know the good news? He's still forcefully removing those things that do not belong in my life and that are hindering my walk with Him, my witness to everyone that I am His. He's still forcefully, forcefully removing those things because the enemy doesn't just let go they ha he has to be forcefully removed but the only thing that removes him forcefully is my faith in what Christ did to defeat him amen and then the Holy Spirit 
It's like I, I just always imagine this in my mind when Jesus comes across the, the little lake there, or the little small sea there, and he gets out of the boat, and this guy that's living in the graveyard because he can't live anywhere else, the Bible says chains can't even hold him. He had 2,000 or more demons living in him. That means Satan controlled him, completely consumed him, living out there naked as a lunatic. Chains, he'd break the chains. He couldn't live in town. He had no telling what he'd do in town, but he lived in the graveyard among the dead because he was dead in sins and totally controlled by Satan. And when he come running up to Jesus, I know this is not written in the Word, but I can just, I just have to think. Jesus said, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And Jesus just forcefully remove the grip of Satan. Satan don't just say, hey, I'll go, I'll go today. Jesus makes him go away. Jesus made the devil a defeated foe through his death on the cross. Hebrews 2.14. Not his resurrection, his death, he defeated him. And when our faith is in the, de in the death of Christ, the chains begin to fall. Hallelujah. The deceptions begin to fall away. Alcohol goes. Cigarettes go. Lying goes. Gambling goes. Cheating goes. Jealousy, envy, strife, malice, fornication, all sorts of perversions. Sin in general begins to leave me. Begins, to, I remember telling the, the Lord, yeah, I thank God I've given up a pot. And you know, I didn't give it up. He took it away. <laughs> well, I gave up drink. No, you didn't give it up. He took it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You gave up what you'd been believing in and placed your faith in the cross, and then he began to take things away from you. Oh, we still like to boast. Yeah, I gave it up. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you hadn't given it up. See what we do? I didn't give anything up. I gave up what I had my faith in and put it back in him and what he did at Calvary. And then he began to take away. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Hallelujah. It ain't Curtis or the preacher taketh away. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away from that which is hindering what he's attempting to give. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You're listening to me today and you know there's some things that need to be taken away. Don't condemn yourself. Just keep walking in this faith. Just keep your faith in the cross, the place where Jesus died and defeated the devil who's lied to us and made us do this and made us do that. The devil can make you do certain things he wants you to do. So the old adage or the old whatever it was from the Flip Wilson guy back in the 70s who had his own show, the devil made me do it. The devil can make you do stuff. But he can't make anybody do anything whose faith is in the cross. Amen. So, y'all didn't let me get too far today. And I believe Paul was stuck here too. Finally! My brothers, be strong in the Lord, not in your denomination. Not in prayer, not in the Bible, not be strong in the Lord. That place that you were baptized into, the Lord. 
And when you walk in that place, you're going to find the power of God. You're going to find His strength. You're going to find the power of His might at work in your life. Him performing the victory and the liberty of the truth that you keep believing. Jesus taught when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. It's the truth that makes you free. Only the truth. So if there's things in our lives, and there are, that we need to be free from, Jesus taught it's only knowing the truth. That ain't in your head, my friend. Adam knew his wife and she conceived. This is eternal life, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they know the one true God and his son Jesus Christ whom he sent. So there's something about that word know. Praise God. Knowing him is a walking with him. Hmm. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then what he does here in verse 11, he begins to explain here how this is experienced. How this is experienced. But what he uses is here again, even in the New Testament, symbols that point us back to Calvary. Everything in the Old Testament pointed to the cross. Uh, I know we have a lot of new uh, viewers online, so and I've explained this many times, but I want to do it again this morning. You say the cross of Christ is right here in this point in time in history. And the light from heaven has always shined on Christ and what he would accomplish right here on this day at Calvary on the cross. Everything in the Old Testament, the first promise that God rushed into the garden and gave Adam and Eve and the judgment he pronounced on them and the devil and the promise he offered to the man and the woman, all was based on, it all came through the cross to them. Everything in the past up to the cross that God said or God did, he spoke it through the cross to them. Everything. Every battle that was won, every victory, every ounce of prosperity, all the blessings of God that he would give his people, he did it. He spoke it and operated still, even under the Old Testament, through the sacrifice. And as long as they honored in symbol and type what he gave them that pointed to what he would one day do, then he honored them, he blessed them. He said it this way in, in Deuteronomy. He listed all the blessings and said, This is all yours if you hearken unto to my voice if you obey me then all these blessings I will pour out upon you but if you won't listen to me then the cursings will come you will be cursed it lists all the cursings and Jesus shows up and said all those writings in Luke 24, 44 through 46 and John 5 and 39 and other places in the New Testament Jesus said the scriptures were concerning him so that means God spoke through what his son would do on the cross into those. That's what the prophets prophesied about. God speaking through that sacrifice that would be performed one day because he was never pleased in the blood of the animals. Spoke to the prophets based on what he would do right here on this day. He spoke through that and gave them types and shadows and words prophetically that would come 
that were about Jesus that would come and fulfill all this. And every time they were given a victory, it's because they had their faith in the sacrifice. And every time God allowed them to be defeated, it's because they had turned and began to put their faith in false gods and offer their children and all these false things that were not hearkening unto the word of God. That means their faith was no longer in the seed of the woman. The faith was no longer in that promise. And God was speaking only through that. They got sick of hearing the voice of the Lord down that one track avenue. Just like the church has. We're sick of the cross. It's all we want to hear something new and different and better. There is nothing more new and more better and more fulfilling. And more needed in our lives than the finished work, the truth of the cross of Jesus Christ in our lives. Because in the Old Testament, God spoke through and God speaking through what His Son would do. It all portrayed what He would do on that day. And it was all types and shadows. But when Jesus Christ showed up on that day and died on that cross, everything that had been in the old and concealed became revealed as Christ. That all represented Christ and everything that had been types and shadows and those people in that day could only walk in types and shadows but you and I because the blood of Christ has come you and I now can walk in the light as he is in the light. We no longer walk in types and shadows. We walk and live in the light and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. We walk in him. He is our light. Yes, the scriptures are our light, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, but only if they are in the context of the man who said, I am the light, listen carefully, and what he did to become your light to be seen, which means you being born again through faith in what he did on the cross. Your eyes were opened You were born again, made a child of God, a servant of righteousness, robed in his robes of righteousness, brought into the kingdom, ushered an abundant entrance unto you. Praise God. But your faith must remain there, my friend. It's more than being faithful to be in church or faithful to read your Bible or faithful to pray every day and fast every day or whenever. Listen, all those things are great, great, great scriptural truths for us to enjoy what we've been given. But the way we enjoy everything we've been given only in the eyes of God is through faith in the cross. Outside of that, it's just Our Bible reading, our church attendance, our this, our that. It's not him doing those things through us. Mm. So next week we will get into the description that, and and let me finish what I, I started to say. Everything in the Old Testament was types and shadows that pointed to the cross. And even in the New Testament, though Christ came and fulfilled the law, fulfilled Everything that had been prophesied about him up until the cross and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven, Paul shows up and still under the anointing of the Holy Spirit uses things that could be seen to point back to what Calvary did for us. The armor we're clothed in. The, the, the things that Paul uh, 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 used as descriptions, things you could see as those running a race or those in a, in a boxing match and not just standing there beating the air but trusting in Christ. And he uses things that we can look at that always is the Holy Spirit's intention on pointing us to the fullness of the work of Christ for us on the cross. 
So when he talks about being strong in the Lord and, and the power of his might, and we've discussed and shown in the Word of God how that is related to us being in Christ and walking in him gives us the experience of that, then he begins to lay out the good soldier. And not what we must do, but what we must keep believing. And he just expounds on what it really means for us to uh, be able to enjoy. Not, I don't like the word enjoy, uh, but experience. The strength of the Lord. It is something we enjoy when God shows up and begins to break things. Well, mm, we, we don't really enjoy it when God's breaking the things off of them because he's, what, how he's, doing, he's, try, he's got to pry our fingers loose. And we ain't enjoying that. But when it's gone, we say, glory to God, hallelujah. It, aren't we just amazing people? We're hanging on to it tooth and nail. Ah, 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 ah Lord, take it. Ah, take it, Lord, but we're holding on. Am I talking reality? Lord, take these cigarettes, but we go buy another one. Oh, I need help. Lord, take them from me. We throw them in the trash, and I'm just using cigarettes. Could be a million other things. Oh, we just keep stealing, or we just keep looking at stuff on TV we know ain't godly. Whatever it is. Oh, deliver me, Lord. Take it. Oh, hallelujah. And as long as your faith is in the cross, you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone even though you're fighting tooth and nail. Lord, take it. Uh, well, he, let go of it. Take it. Let go of it. Take it. Oh, take it. It's the re and, and I, I mean, I'm saying this because we don't enjoy the process. What we enjoy is that deliverance that comes. And we finally let go. You know, wrestling with the Lord over things in our lives that are not right, it's, it, it's grieving the Holy Spirit. It's grieving to Him. And those who have an awareness of His presence and their, their faith is really in the cross, not just lip service, but they're, they're desiring to now represent Him, to show forth His praises. That every person I know needs to know I serve God. I'm not here just a church pew-sitting person or a pulpit-standing preacher. I'm here to serve God, and I want you to know it. Hallelujah. And that happens as we love each other, and, and we do the things God's called us to do because we're already saved, not to get saved. And because we've learned the secret of the Lord. See, it is a secret, but it's been revealed. It's no longer... God no longer desires that what He's offering you and the way to experience it be a secret to you. He's revealed His secret through the cross of His Son, Jesus Christ. Everything the Lord has for you, you find only in the avenue of faith in Christ and Him crucified. You won't find it any other way. It won't happen for you. You owe your life... You'll go through life and you'll be miserable and you'll just say, well, I know God's got something for me, but all your life you'll just have to know. I didn't ever know what it was. That's not the will of God. He saved you to use you because He loves you and He wants everybody to see Him through you. Amen. Not your preacher, not your church. Him through you. He's the one trying to be seen, praise God. Lord, bless the people. 
Give them the boldness to share this teaching online. Lord, give them the boldness to help their families into this truth. Lord, reveal it to them as they share it. We, we just praise you for this time we've had this morning. We pray for a greater revelation of Jesus as the days go on. We ask it in his name. And everybody said amen. See you right here next week. God bless you. We love you.